Welcome to the Mama Embodied Podcast with yours truly, Shayna Ray. I'm a somatic attachment coach and therapist that is absolutely dedicated to supporting your soul's evolution as you prepare and step into the motherhood and parenting journey. Mama Embodied is a must-listen for mothers and mothers-to-be who are seeking support, community, and all of the tips and tricks to raise secure, resilient kids that can thrive in this unpredictable world. This show is here to help you understand how putting your needs first as a mama and healing yourself on all levels, mind, body, and soul not only changes your life, but also shapes your future generation's lives to come. Through honest conversations around reparenting yourself, attachment trauma, the five personality patterns, and raising your child from a conscious, playful, and secure attachment perspective, we're going to explore the importance of embodying what you want your kids to learn so that you could be the one in the family line that stops the family inherited trauma and creates a safe and loving foundation that your family can lean on. So join me and guest experts in the field as we embrace our stories, share our wisdom, and help you create a life full of well-being, joy, love, and connection with you and your loved ones. So mamas, let's get started. Welcome back to the Mama Embodied Podcast, my love. It feels so good and so right to have you back in this space with me today, and I'm beyond excited for you to dive into today's podcast episode. So a couple episodes ago, I had my mother-daughter duo, Sue and Brenna, on the podcast to share their personal stories of how this work has impacted their lives. And I also thought it'd be great to bring on two more of my clients who are moms and have been able to actually journey through this entire evolution of my private practice and have been a huge inspiration for what I did in creating mom school. So I want to just preface, we're going to be talking about everything we have utilized inside of the last three years of working together. So you're going to hear us say co-regulation. You're going to hear us say minis. Just know those are the same things. Mini co-regulation sessions. It's all the same concept. We're going to talk about the Soul Collective. And the Soul Collective was my membership after my Transformation Accelerator program. And we're going to talk about what was taught inside of the Transformation Accelerator program. So that was my first signature program when I started my private practice. And so they've been in the evolution. They've been through that course, moved on to Soul Collective. And then when I started to learn more about attachment, I brought that into the Soul Collective membership. And they've been my guinea pigs for the last couple of years. You know, I had these theories as once I learned about attachment trauma and what a child needs to have a strong, resilient nervous system, I started to pass these teachings on to Jen and Teresa. And they were so amazing to be so willing to lean in and use this on their kids. And they were like, Shayna, this is fucking gold. And so that was the catalyst for me to deliver these teachings, these insights to other clients in my one-on-one practice. So for the past couple of years, I've been working with countless moms with the same methodology and it's radically shifted their relationship with their kids what they feel like it means to be a mother they have so much more confidence they've healed postpartum anxiety and depression through many co-regulation sessions understanding the personality patterns all of this stuff 
And so when we have this conversation today, I want you to understand that everything that we talk about today is inside of mom school. So if you're unfamiliar with my page, my second signature program is called mom school. And it's such a different parenting course because not only are you going to learn what it takes to build that secure attached relationship with your kid and have them develop a strong, healthy, resilient nervous system that allows them to thrive as adults. We're also going to take care of you as well because you matter. You know, you need to have your cup filled in order to give to your kids, in order for you to even attune to what they need. And that's something we talk about in this podcast episode of why it is so important to know when you're triggered and to know when to fill your cup up. Because when you do that, it's actually the most selfless thing that you can do. So inside of mom school, it's a two part course. So the first course is focusing all on you, healing your triggers, understanding your nervous system, understanding your survival strategies and personality patterns, and coming back home to yourself. So that when you go into the parenting course, It makes it such a breeze, right? You're going to hear Jen and Teresa talk about how being embodied in this work has shifted and improved their parenting skills and has made it so much easier. Like they can even tap into their intuition more through doing the work first. So I am beyond excited for you to listen to this and see what's in store and what is possible for you when you join mom school. So once you listen to this podcast episode, if you're like, Sheena, this is amazing. I need to jump in. The great news is mom school is open for enrollment. So if you'd like to join, you can click the link in my IG bio. I'll also have it in the show notes below. And if you ever have any questions, always shoot me a DM. I'm always here to support you, answer any questions you have, and I'm beyond excited for you to dive in. So without any further ado, let's dive into today's podcast episode. All right, Jen, Teresa, welcome to the show. Hey, Shane, I'm happy to be here. (laughs) So excited to have you guys here. So let's just dive right in. So to start... I would love for our listeners to hear more about your personal healing journeys. So what were you going through when we first started working together and where are you guys now? Yeah. So I feel like this is a very loaded question because I was going through so many things when I first started speaking to you. I had become a mom. My daughter was about a year old and through the experience of pregnancy and postpartum, I was struggling a lot with postpartum anxiety and just I've told this to other people that like since I've gone through pregnancy and um, motherhood, it kind of almost felt like a magnifying glass, like anything that I maybe was kind of dealing with before was just magnified so much through the experience of of pregnancy and becoming a new mom. And with that, for me, came postpartum anxiety, probably from partially lack of sleep and not really taking care of myself. And then partially just from like this huge transition of becoming a mom. So I had seen your, I had, I somehow came across your Instagram and, um, and spoke to you and you were doing your tap program at that time. So, um, we had a conversation and I thought, wow, this seems really cool and really different. I had tried 
talk therapy prior to working with you and it had its benefits. It was good. I don't want to, you know, discredit talk therapy, but for me, it kind of made me think a lot about all the negative things that were going on in my life. And it was kind of felt like I was rehashing these like negative things and my brain was starting to get even more focused on the negative. And so when um, I learned about your TAP program, it was just really enticing to me because it was more about getting in your body, feeling your body, looking for positives. And it just kind of flipped talk therapy on its head. And um, yeah, so I started, I joined TAP. I thought it was amazing. And then after TAP, I joined um, the Soul Collective, which has been, I think, like, we've been in it for two plus years now. Yeah. And that's when things really, really started to come together for me. And yeah, today I'm, I don't know, I'm just in such a different place. I'm, I'm pregnant again. I have no anxieties about it. I'm having a great pregnancy. I'm enjoying life with my daughter. Like I'm able to just really be present with her. Um, I can see when I'm becoming overwhelmed. I can track that so much better. So I'm able to give myself the time and space to take breaks when I need it, which I think is something I really, you know, part of the reason I got so much in the place I was in is because I was just having that power through mentality and not honoring what my body was going through and listening to my body. So now I'm listening to my body and just really thriving. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I love hearing your story because it's like we also learn <clears throat> how much we've grown through contrast and to see where you were at in your first pregnancy and after and now going through it again and having so much more confidence and clarity and no anxiety. I mean, you've had such a beautiful, flowy pregnancy this entire time mm -hmm. while with like being with your daughter and supporting her through her emotions. Like mm -hmm. it's been so incredible to witness. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's so cool because now I'm really, really excited to bring this next baby into an environment where I can really be present and enjoy it this time. Like, obviously I love my daughter so much and enjoy that, you know, beginning time with her so much, but I was struggling so much that it made it really hard. So I'm so excited to get to do that again from a place of being in such a better place and just really, you know, be present and enjoy it. So I'm super excited yeah 100 I'm excited for you it's 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 an exciting chapter and it all took you know you going first you working your pieces and now you can give to your kids in a deeper way than ever before which is why we do this work you know so Teresa would love to hear your story where you started and where you are today hey guys <clears throat> so I feel like I have a similar story to Jen where I had first seen Shane on Instagram and at that time in my life it was definitely dark I had also been struggling with postpartum depression um more so for me it was the postpartum anxiety that really got me and I was just very much living in fear at that time um I think when I met you Shana I had a three-year-old at that point so I had been struggling with it for a while I had 
definitely found solace in a couple like women's groups. So I was really enjoying the community, but honestly, I felt like it was missing because we would go there. And while it was a break from like reality, I wasn't getting the support that I needed technically. I was just like going there and gabbing. And sometimes that can be just as toxic, right? So I, at the time was, you know, living with anxiety. I, it was right around the time of COVID. I had just had a miscarriage. I was dealing with really high uh, cortisol levels, extreme stress. Um, and then I started to develop this pattern where since this is what my body is used to, my body is trying to keep me safe. It's just repeating this pattern on a loop um, in order to just like make myself hyper aware. So I was very much so doubting myself, doubting my body after the miscarriage. Um, I was afraid because of COVID. I was not going anywhere, staying in the house. I was feeling the anxiety through my body. Like I would like feel my heart beating and like, just scare myself and think like, oh, I need to go to the hospital. So like I was saying, I found Shane on Instagram and honestly, she, her stuff kind of scared me a little bit. Cause I was like, hypno, <laughs> what is this? I was like, I was drawn to it too. Cause Shana just comes off so authentic. And I was like, she looks so happy. And I'm like, I want to be like her. So I had messaged you, Shayna, and you were just so kind in your reply. And I wasn't expecting that. I was, I think I'm, I've been used to like Instagram, um, I don't know, promoters or influencers, like kind of just like brushing you off or being like, here, here's this paid thing. And it seems like a very generated message. And your message was very much tailored to me. And I knew that it was you responding to me. And it made me feel seen. And I hadn't been used to feeling that. So I followed along and waited for the TAP program to open up. So it was a few months, but it was well worth the wait because it honestly opened my eyes to so many possibilities and just like a happier and healthier way of living and agree with Jen on like, I come out of the TAP program and into the soul collective. I feel confident. Um, I feel supported by my community and I know how to get the support that I need from someone now without it becoming toxic I I feel more of a feminine energy about myself instead of like constantly having to be in this masculine space. And I have relinquished a lot of the control that I felt like I had to have in order for moments or my day to just be perfect and predictable. So I'm able to go with the flow a bit more and it, it, it feels good. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. I feel like you have like had such a beautiful embodiment of the gifts of the personality patterns that I teach inside of the soul collective with you guys. I mean, I feel like we always come back to Teresa, like her inner knowing and I feel like you can fully trust that and it's been such a beautiful transformation to watch you go from I remember even hopping on the discovery call and you're like I want to but I'm scared like I don't know and now to see you like have all this confidence and you're making all these decisions in your life and you got promoted all these beautiful things are happening through the work you've done it's been really inspiring to watch thank you and I agree like I was again in a place where I felt stuck I wanted to get a new job I felt very stuck and after the tap program I got a new job I asked for a big raise, um, you know, a big jump in pay. And on top of it, 
I like gained that confidence in myself that I felt like I was able to rely on my intuition and provide feedback to others, but also guiding myself instead of asking someone else what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. We definitely see that. And so many people don't know, like if you were just hopping onto this podcast, yes, my first signature program was the Transformation Accelerator program that you heard these two journey through and it had hypnotherapy, breath work and sound healing. So it was really focused on subconscious healing modalities instead of working with the conscious mind, instead of talking about our problems, we went a layer deeper and that created so many beautiful shifts. And what's been so special about being with Jen and Teresa and working together for like over three years now is they've come along the ride with me of the evolution of this. And honestly, you guys are the biggest inspiration why I created mom school, because as we journeyed through the soul collective, which was my membership after you graduated the transformation accelerator program, I started to learn more about deeper subconscious healing modalities. So specifically adult attachment repair and the five personality patterns map. And I love how Jenny pointed to how it was like tap was amazing, but like then we went into the work inside of soul collective and it went even deeper. So what have been your biggest like insights or aha moments or like even when, before we hit record, you're like, there was something that clicked for me that I'd love mm -hmm. to share. So I'd love to give you the floor for that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like you were saying, I mean, tap was amazing doing the breath work, the sound baths. I mean, every, all of that stuff was like getting me out of my head more and into my body. Um, because I think pregnancy really left me afraid to be in my body, which was part of, you know, obviously I'm, we know this, I'm the leaving pattern, um, which means basically I tend to like leave my body when my brain leaves my body when I'm feeling any sort of discomfort. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff was helping me like get in my body more. But it was probably like maybe six months to a year into Soul Collective. So I want to say too, like I, I was feeling better along the way, right? But then there was this really big moment that I think really shifted things for me. And it was, um, I was at home with my husband and we heard some commotion outside. We look outside the window and there was a domestic violence situation going on outside of our house, like in the neighborhood. And we called the police and the police came and um, you know, what we thought was just a little traumatic, obviously. So then my, you know, by witnessing that my anxiety levels just kind of went through the roof. And normally when I would feel these levels of anxiety, I would judge myself and say, like, why am I doing this? Why is my body doing this? I was still judging those emotions and those feelings. But this time I decided, you know what, I'm going to go into my room, I'm going to get in my bed. And I'm just going to lay there and I'm just going to let myself feel this anxiety and just kind of embrace it instead of trying to push it away and say like, it's bad. Why do I, why am I doing this? Just, just really embracing it. And so I did that and about 10 minutes into it, it just vanished. And I was like, oh my God, that was it. Like, I feel better now. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, you had been drilling this into us for <laughs> however long, you know, like you got to feel it to heal it. You got to like, let the emotions pass. You got to embrace it. And one, I think it took me a while to even understand what that meant because we're so in our society, we're so in our head. 
we're always taught to look for the root of a problem, the root of an issue that one, it took me a really long time to understand that concept, even though it sounds so simple because our society doesn't think that way. It was really hard to grasp. And then I finally grasped it, but then putting it into practice still, because I, you know, my natural pattern was to judge it and be annoyed by it. So that was that first time that I really just dedicated to breaking that pattern. And then when I saw the difference, it was just amazing because I was like, okay, now I know. Now I like, I, I get it. I see it. I did it. I experienced it. And that really catapulted me getting to where I am today, where I now feel safe in my own body. You know, I think, like I was said earlier, like pregnancy just really, because you're so out of control of your body, your body's doing what it needs to do to create a baby, which is amazing, but it can make a person like myself feel very lost. And it just, yeah, allowed me to finally kind of feel safe in my body again. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. I feel like our society is all about you're feeling uncomfortable. Let's think about it. Let's really rationalize it, understand it, analyze it, pick it to pieces. Mm-hmm. We still feel the visceral sensation in our body. And that's when I started to learn deeper layers of attachment work when we went into Soul Collective of like, hey, guys, it actually gets to be easier than what we were taught, but it's going to take some rewiring to help Mm -hmm. you go into the body and feel these things. And once you start to feel safe to be with the unpleasant sensations in your body, we actually move through it so much faster. So I love that you highlighted Mm -hmm. that like aha moment where like you finally got that experience of like, whoa, like when I'm just with the sensation without making it wrong or bad, the body actually moves through it Mm -hmm. all on its own. And so when I introduced mini co-regulation sessions with you guys, did that support you guys in understanding being in your body instead of the mind? I'd love to hear your guys' point of view once we started to introduce that into the space. Yeah. So with the minis, it was definitely edgy at first because it can be scary to open up, first of all, just to anybody, but to be in a space that feels so open because regularly you might be able to control the narrative, but this isn't about what you're saying necessarily. This is about you opening up just like your inner soul and just being open and raw with a person without having to say those words. So you're just like fully opening up your heart flowers, what I call it, (laughs) and allowing someone to just be there with you through your frustration, your anger, your anxiety, your sadness, and allowing them to just be there to support you in um, kind of a presence sort of way. And when I receive a mini, it really makes a difference to me when somebody reminds me like, oh, hey, I'm here with you. Or I'm, this is a no judgment zone. And I just want you to know that you're in a safe space. And it just like really helps bring me back to like my body that I'm safe to be here. And Jen, like you, I'm a leaving pattern slash enduring. So I also, when things get really edgy, I tend to like want to escape and leave. And I just like mentally check out. I might be there in presence, but like my brain is somewhere else. And it it can be so bad sometimes that I don't really know what's going on around me. And I'm just kind of in autopilot. Mm -hmm. And I think I spent a few years of my life, honestly, in autopilot. 
So it was a big aha moment for me when I started to be able to like connect back to my body and like be present and be present for somebody else through minis because back to what I was saying about it being super edgy is I was also afraid to support others because I was so easily triggered. So I was afraid that, you know, if they did say something or if they had very heavy feelings that like, I'm going to adopt those. So when Shana taught us how to do minis, she taught us how to protect ourselves by grounding so that I didn't feel that I was adopting somebody else's problems. And I was just able to be there with them through that and not take them into myself. So like, again, I was like a big empath. So being able to mini with somebody was a big game changer in showing me like, aha, I can be supportive to somebody. I can be there. And then also someone can be there for me because I was also afraid to pass on very heavy baggage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's huge. What Teresa's pointing to is what I teach in mom school is how to hold your alignment when you're supporting someone with their emotions, right? Because we weren't giving co-regulation in childhood that's why it's very dysregulating as an adult to hold someone in their emotions when you're first getting into this kind of work right and so there's actually five different points that I teach that help you hold your alignment so like you said you you don't get lost in the ride of their emotions or you Mm -hmm. are able to be present and accepting and loving of all their parts and heal what was missed in their nervous system Right. So it's a beautiful combination of strengthening your nervous system by being held in that space and also being the supportive role and holding someone in that space. So I'd love to hear, Jen, your point of view of how minis have supported you and given you those aha moments. Yeah. So the incident that I was referring to, I had been doing minis for a few months prior to that kind of like aha moment of of embracing the the feelings and so minis at that time were the gateway for me to be able to even process the feelings without judgment because I was you know when you mini you meet with somebody and they hold you in that space without judgment. And I think that was the beginning of me being able to have the emotions without judging myself, because I I was being really hard on myself prior to doing this work. Um, And I think that was a big part of why I was living in the space I was in because I was constantly judging how I was responding to different situations. So one, it helped me release that judgment on myself. And then, yeah, getting that glimpse of like, it's okay to feel these emotions and like having that repetition so that you do start to do it on your own too. And then today, I mean, I still do many say it's not like you just get to a point where you're like, okay, I got it. I did it. And now I can do it for myself. It's like, I still, when I am having certain emotions, like having that many, it's a, I don't know. it's, It's so hard to describe because it's like, you meet with somebody for five minutes and I swear it's just like afterwards you just feel five million times better. (laughs) And in some ways I can't really explain it, but knowing that you have that and that's available to you, it just is game changing because it's like, you know, you could be going through something and then you're like, Oh, well I need to wait for therapy or I need to wait for this to process it. It's like, no, I can reach out. I can meet with somebody and process it in five minutes and know that I'm going to feel better from that situation. So 
I feel like I'm not being very clear in it because it's kind of hard to describe because like I said, I think so easy that it's almost just difficult to even describe. Yeah, it's it's very experiential. Like before we hit record, we're like, how are we going to explain this in a way that is grounded that people can understand? And it's because it's felt, right? And so it's hard yeah. to really explain like the drastic shift that can happen in five minutes of being in this space with someone in a specific way so because mm-hmm. it's different than talking about your problems and having someone respond to you it's being with body sensation and having someone hold a specific alignment that allows you to metabolize the energy mm-hmm. and like you said it's like I still do minis they're like an incredible tool that I want for the rest of my life and I believe we're always going to need co-regulation because we're a tribal species we weren't meant to go through hard times alone And what's Mm -hmm. cool is as you do more minis, in other words, do more co-regulation sessions, your self-regulation skills get better. And so that's why inside a mom school, it's like tap on crack because I still give the moms and aspiring moms to be all of the subconscious self-regulating healing modalities like RTT hypnotherapy, breath work, and sound healing. But they're also learning the nuances of how to give and receive minis and co-regulation with another adult in their life as well as their kids. So they finally have both. I'm sure you guys have noticed as you've done more co-regulation mini sessions, the self-regulation tools are even more impactful. Like breath work Mm -hmm. is more impactful. You're able to rest in sound healing experiences in a deeper way. Like, have you guys noticed doing co-regulation sessions has actually deepened the effectiveness of the self-regulation tools we've used in the past? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, totally. I think, and one thing maybe I was trying to kind of explain with Minis too, I think a big part of it is like, if you spend five minutes, like not only do you have that other person holding that space for you and not judging you, but you're sitting for five minutes looking internally to your body versus trying to make up a story in your brain. And so for me, and I think a lot of people, especially in our society, it's like the second something goes wrong or you're feeling a certain way, you turn to your brain And so switching that switch and saying, okay, but what am I feeling in my body during this mini? I'm going to spend these five minutes just like thinking about my body. It switches a switch in your brain to stop just going so analytical every time and get in your body. And then um, to your point, it's like then when you're doing sound baths and breath work and these other things, it's much easier to tune into your body because you have that muscle memory of doing it during the minis and then learning more about doing it during self-regulation as well. So just like, like I said earlier too, it's like, you're just so much more comfortable in your own body and you're not always turning to your brain for every situation. And I used to do that too, like create a narrative for, oh, I'm sad. It must be because of this. And then I'll remember that one time I was sad when I was a kid and you know, then you just, now you're sad for the rest of the day. Cause you have created a novel of sad moments in your life. Instead of being like, I'm sad. I'm just going to sit with sad for a bit and just lean into the feeling. And mm-hmm. then you're able to just move through it. And it mm-hmm. almost sounds so simple that it can't work, but all of us can attest that it's worked time and time again. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I think it's also cause we have mirror neurons. So co-regulation helps us drop into our body. I think a big fear of like, oh, let me just feel the sadness. If you're doing that on your own, I think 
what I hear all the time is I'm scared. I'm going to get lost in the sadness. Right. But what we've all been pointing to, maybe you're getting lost in the sadness because there's a story at play that's keeping you in a loop. Well, co-regulation, you physically can't even go there, right? So it really stops that fear of like, I'm going to get lost in this. It's like someone's holding the ground. Someone's got me so I can metabolize this energy. And that's all our nervous system needs is like another nervous system with us. And so when there's two nervous systems on a body sensation, that, that shit gets to metabolize real fast. And it does get to be easier than what we were taught. We just lean into this edge and this new way of being in our body and it makes it so much easier. So I'd love to hear from your guys' perspective as moms, how has doing this work with another adult helped you support and co-regulate your kids? Because like this podcast is called Mama Embodied and that's like my whole belief system around this, right? Is we need to embody what we want to teach our kids. And you guys have done such a beautiful job of doing that, of embodying this co-regulation and now supporting your kids in in these beautiful ways. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. For me, being able to support my son has been such a game changer. I think the first <laughs> few years of his life, again, I had postpartum anxiety and it caused me to not be present for a lot of it. So I would mentally check out and, you know, he would throw a tantrum or he would be upset. And I am a good mom in a sense of I love my children. Now I have two, um, but at the time, just the one. So I loved my son and I would be a good mom. Like if he got an ouchie, you know, I'd help him and I'd kiss it. But if he was upset about not being able to share his toys or being upset that he didn't get a certain item at a store, I was the parent who would be like, you need to stop crying. We're not doing that. We're in a store. No. You know, I would go into what I call, quote unquote, mom boys. But like, why does why does mom have to be the bad guy? Why can't mom be like, oh, man, I really understand you wanted that toy, buddy, but we can't get that today. And that's not promising him something in the future. That's not giving him an excuse as to why I can't get it. It's just I'm telling him what it is. We're in the present moment. We're not we're not leaving with that toy today. But I understand that that's upsetting. And I think being able to recognize an emotion for a child is a really big deal. And it's not doing much, but it allows them to recognize it themselves and just be present with it at such a young age. And they're so great because they move through their emotions so quickly anyway. So as Mm -hmm. soon as you recognize it, you know, like when a baby falls, when you're like, oh, and then they're right back up, you know, and it's the same with emotion with them. So if we're able to help them now and like move through those emotions, just imagine what they're going to be at our age when they're having their own kids. So I'm glad that I've been able to support Roman, my son, differently now. And now I have two children, so I'm back at it. The youngest is one. And I wanted to say too, when like being triggered in the moment also caused me to not recognize that Roman had feelings of his own as well. So where I'm feeling frustrated, he's feeling sad, but I'm treating him like I'm frustrated. So being able to address my own, like co-regulation helped me address my own feeling and being present for myself first so that I'm able to attune to his emotion as well. So I'm not only dealing with one, I'm able to be there for two. Yeah, that's I hope so- that answers it. 
That does. And I, I, okay. I love that you're pointing to that because that's another reason why mom school is broken up into two parts. It's the first part is understanding yourself and receiving co-regulation yourself and learning how to move through your emotions and filling your cup up because that's an important piece of motherhood, right? In order for us to attune to our kids, our cup needs to be filled. We need to be somewhat regulated to be able to attune, to be able to see what the actual issue is within them right and from that space we're able to naturally like because we're like moms are intuitive right you know what your kid is feeling when we can weed out all the the stress and the dysregulation in your own body you can be with your kid and like what you said beautifully it's like also I think people have a hard time with setting boundaries with the kids and really what you pointed to with the him wanting the toy you still set the boundary, but you allowed him to feel seen, heard, and understood of like, you're feeling disappointed. Totally get that, right? And that's what helps them move through the disappointment because there's their nervous system gets stronger through going through hard times and getting to the other side. And they get to that point with you co-regulating with them, with you pointing to like, I get that you're upset. You really wanted that toy. It looks so fun, right? And so they process the disappointment but the boundary still stands. So like that beautiful combination that you pointed to is exactly like what we're supposed to do to, to help our kids understand we're going to go through hard times. It's going to be okay. Just like emotions. Yes. I also want to add that I have allowed Roman to have a voice by being more present with him as well. And something that we've practiced is if he's upset and I'm like, what, well, what's, what's the matter? What's going on? And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. And instead of either forcing him or getting mad, like I'm offended that you don't want to talk about it with me and being like, okay, well deal with it. You know, I will say, okay, bud, well, I'm here if you want to talk about it. And I'm not kidding. Every time I say this within a minute, he says, I'm ready to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, that's the holding your alignment. One of the points of holding your alignment is being agendaless with your kid. Right. So you're like, oh, like, totally fine. You don't have to. And it's like, that's what actually helps them not feel so much pressure. And like, Oh, actually I do want to share. Like she's, Mm -hmm. she's here regardless. So now I really want to share. So I love that. Yes. And how about you, Jen? How is receiving mini co-regulation sessions supported you in supporting your daughter? Yeah. I mean, in, in really two ways, very similar to Teresa. So one is um, when my daughter was born, I put all of the emphasis on taking care of her and I didn't take care of myself. So I became so depleted that it wasn't good for anybody. Right. So you think you're doing the best for your kid because you're trying to focus all your attention on them. But then when you do that and you leave yourself behind, it creates an environment where you actually can't show up for your kid in the right way. So having this and being able to lean on this has made my nervous system so much stronger so that when she is going through things or things are happening, I can stand in like how Teresa was saying, I can stand in my own alignment and be calm through it and not let her emotions create emotions within myself. Not that I'm perfect all the time, but I I can, my bandwidth is a lot wider and to hold her in her emotions and then two is I uh 
when I became a mom, I did not have experience with babies and young kids. I didn't do a lot of babysitting growing up. I didn't have younger siblings. So I felt so much of a fish out of water. And I think that also, again, was part of why I was having so much anxiety and, you know, experienced so much of the leaving pattern. And there's so much out there in society of like, you should do this, you should do that. And the advice and especially when you become a mom, everybody thinks that they're allowed to tell you how to parent or give you advice on how to parent. And it is so overwhelming. And then when you pair that with somebody that just doesn't have experience and is feeling insecure. So obviously I have my intuition, but I might not be listening to my intuition because I'm feeling insecure because I've never done this before. Having the map of, okay, here's how you do a mini. Now when my daughter is going through a big emotion, being able to to really mini her, co-regulate her while she's going through that emotion and having the confidence that doing that is the right thing for her. Because prior to that, it's like, okay, if she's throwing a temper tantrum in a store, like Teresa's example, and I hold her in that space, now is everybody judging me like, oh, that mom, she's letting her kid have tantrum, blah, blah, blah. Now I know when when Lucy is having the, these big emotions and I hold her in her space, it's about seeing her and being able to be calm so that she can fall apart in a safe way. And so it's just alleviated so much of my like mom anxiety because I feel like when I'm doing this, I know it's working. I know it's right. And I know that when I say to her things like, you know, you're feeling really sad right now, or you're feeling really frustrated right now. As soon as I say these things to her, it disarms her so much and she gets through it so much quicker. And I also want to point out too, what something that's just so cool about being a mom and doing this work at the same time is again, like I was saying earlier, we're so conditioned in our society to go into our brain, but kids don't have that conditioning yet. They are so in their bodies. So on the flip side too, as much as I've become so much more confident as a mom and how to handle her in her big emotions, watching her go through her big emotions has actually taught me so much about what if we just lived this human experience and if you just you can see it with a kid they can literally be laughing and then crying and then laughing again within a three minute period (laughs) and you can just see them go through the emotions so fluidly and so easily that that has also taught me oh wow like I can do that too you know (laughs) um so there's a really cool part of it too and I, I don't know that I would have recognized if I wasn't doing this work and getting this understanding. And so I, yeah, I've even learned from her through, through this work. Yeah. I love that you're highlighting that, Jen. I tell so many clients I work with one-on-one, I'm like, actually, kids are goals because they're Mm -hmm. so in their body. When we grow up, we start to have an ego and then we start to analyze and then we start to go really deep in the mental field where like you pointed to, kids aren't like that. They're so in their body. That's why they move through things so fast. So I love that you highlighted. It's like, okay, once I understood how to do this for myself, 
actually seeing my kid flow through it actually showed me what that's what's mm-hmm. possible and how mm-hmm. fast we can move through things when we just feel what's in our body and let it go <laughs> yeah totally yeah beautiful so I want to backpedal on something we were pointing to earlier like we mentioned leaving pattern enduring pattern and I know a lot of people out there that listen to my podcast they start to hear my clients say that and they're like what is that so mm-hmm. what they're talking about you guys is what I now teach and it's called the five personality patterns map it's technically six So I'll just rattle them off here. There's the leaving pattern, merging pattern, merging compensated pattern, enduring pattern, aggressive pattern, and rigid pattern. And so these are all survival strategies we created in childhood based on if a developmental need was missed. And it's like, thank God we had them because it actually allowed us to go to the next developmental stage of life. And so I would love to hear from you guys as we journey through the map. And understood like what the signs and symptoms were and when you're triggered, what this pattern does, like how did that support you in understanding yourself on a deeper level and maybe even understanding your kids on a deeper level? Yeah. So for me, I think learning the personality patterns, I thought that my coping mechanisms might've been special. (laughs) (laughs) And going through the personality patterns, I realized that my coping mechanisms are not special. And so for me personally, I know when we were going through them, Shana would preface us with like, okay, we're going to go through this pattern. And you might be feeling triggered as we go through the pattern, kind of pointing out these things that you feel. For me, it was actually the opposite. I found so much comfort in pointing to these things that I felt knowing, oh, this is just the body's normal ways of dealing with different emotions. And I am not special. I'm not going through things that other people are not going through. So there was a lot of comfort for me in that. And then I think another big part of it too, is that the gifts that come along with each pattern. So for every pattern, you have like your coping mechanisms, but then you also have things that are highlighted that are positives within the pattern as well. And so it was cool to hear about the positives as well, so that you're not just looking at your coping mechanisms as, oh, these things are rough to go through, but these are also the benefits that I get by going through these things or experiencing these patterns. And then the third thing for me was So something that I was experiencing the most when I started working with Shayna was leaving pattern. And I would get really judgmental on myself for experiencing the leaving pattern because it creates some brain fog and just general feelings of, you know, especially when you're a mom and you want to be there for your kid and then you're experiencing leaving pattern, it can be very uncomfortable. So I was judging myself so much for having that pattern and I didn't understand why I was feeling that way. So once we went through it and it made, and made this pattern okay and made it not a bad thing, I can embrace it. Like when I feel myself experiencing it, I could embrace it, allow it and not judge it. And then I found when I did that, or I do find even today, because of course I'll still go into leaving pattern now, but when I do experiencing experience it, I don't judge it and I just allow it. And it goes away 
so much faster. So that was another huge thing about learning about them was just kind of like saying it's okay. Yeah, 100%. Because like we talk about how it's important to just feel the sensation in the body. But at the end of the day, we have an ego. At the end of the day, we want to know why the hell we do the things that we do, right? Why we have our coping strategies. And that's why I love this map. Because it finally gives you the clarity. Like you said, you're not going crazy. Like, and I've never met a single person that hasn't gone through this map and resonated deeply with one to three of the patterns, right? It's so creepily spot on with what we go through when we're dysregulated, right? So once you have that map, I feel like it even helps you drop into your body more because you're like, oh, it's the leaving pattern. Let me just be here. Okay, now I'm back into my body. You know, so Teresa, I'd love to hear your point of view. Like how has the five personality patterns map supported you? Honestly, I've loved learning about this. This is the second space that I have had the chance to learn about it. But with you, Shana, it dropped just so much deeper into it with us focusing on one pattern each month. So I think the biggest thing for me was like recognizing that since I have a a one-year-old and I have a six-year-old, how important these little ages are. And it made me do a couple of things. It made me like connect better with my inner child because my inner child still needs the love that maybe, or like the pieces that were a little neglected when she was a little one. So it made me really have a lot of respect for my inner child. It made me recognize that my children's ages are very important. And it also gave me a lot of respect for my mom with having her own issues, her own life. Like she was living her life the first time too. And that really resonated with me because you read these, like initially I read them and I was a little angry. I was like, the leaving pattern is a a baby. Like, what did you do in my head? I didn't say this to her, but like, what did you do when I was a baby that would have caused me this trauma? And it's not it doesn't have to be something big, but it could have been that she was dealing with her own traumas. Maybe she didn't want to pick me up when I was crying because it triggered her. So she did what was best for her at the time and what she thought was best and maybe would walk away and like, let me cry it out method. But so I had a lot of respect for my mom in that sense of like looking at her and realizing like, she's a person and I'm a person and I don't do all of these things correctly either. And I'm learning every single day, whether it's through our group or, you know, my own personal life that these ages matter. And I think a big one with learning the personality patterns has also taught me that leaning on the repair is a big one as well. Because again, I'm not going to be perfect at the end of the day. No, no one is. But being able to be like, oh, I'm, I've been in um, a leaving pattern and I've been a little neglectful. I'm going to apologize because I can see that. And then I'm able to repair that relationship. And I'm also teaching my kids that, hey, we apologize. You know, we recognize when we're wrong and we apologize for that. So the personality patterns has taught me not just about personality patterns, but just so much more and how it functions and how I function just in my daily life. Yeah, I love that you're talking about that too, Teresa, because the map isn't just about learning your personality patterns. You actually can look at the map from so many different angles And I'm so glad we journeyed through it together because that's what I started to blend into mom school. So inside a mom school, when you're doing your inner work, you're going to go through all the presentations that Jen and Teresa both went through to understand 
Like when you get triggered, what do you do? What are the signs and symptoms when that pattern pops up? What are the gifts you actually have because you went through that trauma? And you're also going to understand like what the potential attachment traumas were. And like Teresa was saying, like a lot of attachment trauma is really innocent, right? Where like the leaving pattern, it can be created because the environment of the hospital is too bright and too cold. And that's triggering to an infant. So something completely out of mom's control, right? But it still impacted the nervous system. So it's cool to actually look into your life and realize, you know, it it does give you a little bit more softness with your parents of like, oh, like they did the cried out method with me. It was probably the only method they really knew at that time, right? And so that's why I get triggered by X, Y, Z, right? And then through doing minis and co-regulation, you actually get to repair those survival strategies so you can access even more of the gifts. And then in the second course of mom school, it's the parenting course. So we're going to look at the five personality patterns map from a different lens of going through every developmental stage of like, hey, this is what your kid needs the most at this developmental stage. And here are very practical, easy tools. So even what Teresa was talking about with rupture and repair. That's one of the tools that's really critical in a certain developmental stage. So it's really cool to see the map in so many different ways, not only to understand yourself and heal the triggers you have, but to also know what is like the most important for your kids at certain stages of life, right? Because like Jen was saying, there's so much information out there in parenting advice, but when we can like simplify it, okay, like when it comes to their nervous system, when it comes to like building a secure attached relationship, what do I need? It's like when you finally get those simple points, then you can rely on your intuition more. Like how Jen was like, I'm able to give co-regulation to my daughter and trust that I'm doing exactly what I need to do as a mom to support her. And it's been helping her. Right. So I think understanding the map helps you tap into your intuition as a mama more and helps you trust that like you're doing one hell of a job, but I'd love to hear from you guys. What do you guys think of that? (laughs) Yeah. I love that Teresa, you're also pointing out and Shana, you touched on this too. It's like our parent, it also makes you think about how like our parents were probably very dysregulated in so many ways and they were just trying to survive too. So it's also about not judging any of these you know, misses that happened along the way. Um, I definitely know when my daughter was in that first year of life, I'm sure that I, I mean, I'm sure today, of course, too, but that there were a lot of misses because I was so dysregulated. How could I regulate her if I'm so dysregulated? It's just impossible. So yeah, just taking away again, that judgment of seeing our parents, I guess, in the way that they parented us. Yeah, I feel like that's a huge piece is understanding your parents' perspective and then understanding there was impact, but we can repair that. Even like how you were saying, you know, in the beginning of Lucy's life, I was so dysregulated that probably impacted her. It's like, yes, but you can repair it now through all the Mm -hmm. things that you've learned. And I think that's what I love to highlight is the cool thing about all of this work is the goal isn't to be a perfectly attuned parent. And I've even had this conversation with many people. I'd like to argue being 100% emotionally attuned all the time would mess up your kid in a different way. Because (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> because like totally. that's, just, that's just not life, right? Like they're going to face disappointments. They're going to face hardships and relationship dynamics, right? But when you can rupture and repair and show them like, like Teresa was saying, hey, we apologize and we come back and, and we repair what was here. Like that's what makes someone a better person. And to be able to go through hardship and get to the other side feeling better after through co-regulation, that's what builds resiliency. Mm-hmm. So it's never about, oh, I need to be perfect and follow this map to a T. It's like, no, the best part about this work is you can always go back. You can always repair what was missed. And that's going to support your kids in deeper ways than being perfectly emotionally attuned 24-7. And Shayna, since you just were talking about the repair, I do want to add that when the first time I had learned about the personality patterns, I had immediately like felt scared and fear because I was like, I have a six-year-old. Like Mm -hmm. I've already missed like two windows now of being able to attune to him and like be present for him in the ways that won't leave him with some quote unquote trauma. But then I thought about it and I had talked to you, Shana, and you had told me that the repair starts when you start the repair. So I was like, Oh, it doesn't matter that I have a six year old. It matters that I now have this information and now I'm able to attune to him because he's going to be able to repair what was missed mm-hmm. because now he knows he has the the tools so it made me feel really good and so like I just wanted to mention that for anybody who's listening whether you have a 15 year old a 20 year old whether you have grown kids and you're like wow you know I wasn't really there like I'd like to be there more you can start mm-hmm. the repair whenever you want yeah it's it's just yeah. like Brenna and Sue on the podcast two episodes ago Brenna is in her early to mid 20s and her and her mom have repaired so many beautiful things like there is a never too early too late but when you understand these developmental tools and skill sets and you use them with your kid it's gonna make a shift it's gonna deepen the connection like it's never too late were you gonna say something Jen? I was just um it's kind of a little off topic but I feel like sometimes when we're talking about all of these things, it can maybe come across to somebody that, oh, I'm just like blissed out all the time. And I, my emotions are always like good. And I'm just like in the best headspace ever. And I just kind of felt the need to highlight that doing all of this doesn't mean that I'm this perfect, emotionally balanced person all the time. It just means that I have the tools when I'm not balanced to get back to a balanced place and that I'm finding myself in a balanced place more often than I was prior. And that also when I am feeling the tough emotions that I'm not judgmental or harsh on myself for having those emotions. So I don't know. I just kind of felt the need to call that out because obviously we know that, but I just want to make sure for anybody listening that they they don't think that there's this world where we're just like these perfect human beings that are just always feeling so emotionally regulated and um, that that's not the goal. The goal is to learn how to write, like how to work through those emotions, not not have them. 
Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up, Jen, because I think even just parenting aside, all this work we're talking about aside, like going to therapy, a lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to therapy because eventually I'll get to this place where I'm super happy all the time and I never experience pain or I never get dysregulated. And like you highlighted, that's not the goal of this work. We're gonna, our nervous system will get dysregulated. You're gonna have triggers in life. You're gonna get overwhelmed with your kids. The goal here is not to not ever experience that. It's more like to know exactly what to do to move through it. So you're not stuck in fight or flight. You're not stuck in a freeze or a dissociated pattern. It's more like noticing when that pops up, having the self-regulation and co-regulation subconscious tools that we've been pointing to, to move through it. So you can get back to regulation, be more present with your kid. Like that's the goal. The Mm -hmm. goal isn't to, yeah, there's never (laughs) a time where we're going to be blissed out and like, that's not. So when we can normalize that we're going to get angry or sad and move through it, we actually get to well-being faster and Mm -hmm. we get to live in that space longer because we're not afraid of when we're going to get dysregulated again. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. we don't have to wait for that next shoe to drop. Cause we're like, I'm feeling good. I can rest in this because if, and when I get triggered, I know exactly what I need to do to move through it. Yeah, totally. I think that there's this sometimes an idea of a person being broken and then a person being fixed mm, and yes. that uh, through doing, and I think I thought that before I did all, all this stuff and really dove deep I don't look at it that way anymore. There's no like broken and fixed. It's a fluidity. And somebody had told me somewhere along the way, and and this really resonated with me about your emotions. Like the word motion is part of emotion, right? That's the idea is that we're always flowing through these emotions. And so the big difference I've seen is that I can actually feel those emotions flowing through my body where before, if I felt anything uncomfortable, I was like, I don't want it. I don't want it. And that's what mm-hmm. actually was causing it to get stuck. And so, um, yeah, that this is just like a fluidity of work. And yeah, I just wanted to make sure that that came across correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. I, and I love what you highlight of like energy in motion. It's there's yeah. what creates anxiety and depression and keeps us stuck there is the lack of movement the the Mm -hmm. judging the resisting the no I don't want this but when we can feel it it adds that fluidity back into the system to get us back into regulation right like I'm always laughing um you know sometimes I'll do a mini with somebody and they'll start crying and I'll be have this huge grin on my face because I know that that means that they're working through the sadness and that that crying is this really great release. And I think we've been trained to think, oh, if I cry, that's so bad. And why am I crying? And crying is not bad. Crying is this great release. And so whenever I'm doing a mini with somebody and they start crying, I'm always really happy for them. And then I'm like, oh my God, am I a terrible person for like smiling at this person who's crying? But it's because you start to look at these emotions just so differently than we've been trained in the past to look at them. 
Yeah, it's like you're not scared of them anymore. I think that's everyone's that's the biggest fear is we weren't taught that it's safe to feel and we were judged like you should be happy and whatever or else something terribly wrong is happening. So when you shift that experience of like, oh, no, your body's processing. This is actually the doorway that gets you back into regulation. You have that. Like even with me with one on one sessions, I like someone like I'm feeling anger and I'm feeling the rage and like my heart is like almost shaking. I'm like, good. <laughs> yeah. You're like, great. Like, get it. And Let's, I do that yeah, to what myself else? <laughs> now too. When I'm feeling something, I'm like, oh, cool. This is coming up because now I'm going to be able to process it. Like I actually turn it into a positive, which again, if you had told me that a few years ago, I would have thought that was psychotic sounding. <laughs> So yeah, your just your whole outlook on it, on the emotions changes. It's wild. Yeah. And also as a parent, it's just really cool too, because I'm not judging my daughter's feelings either, right? You know, I do think, and Teresa pointed this out earlier, and especially with uh, my generation when we were younger, if a kid was crying, it was like, don't cry, don't cry, you know, or like, how could I fix it? And when my daughter's having these emotions, I can really just know that I can trust that I want her to know that it's okay for her to have these emotions. And it's a good thing for her to work through them. So I'm so grateful that I'm able to teach my daughter that. Yeah, I feel like embodiment's everything. So once you understand how normal it is to process your own emotions, and you feel how fast the relief can be, it's so much easier to hold your kid in that. But if you're not embodied in it, that's why I think most parents get so dysregulated and want to, oh, it's fine, get a lollipop or whatever. <laughs> like mm-hmm. really quickly because they just don't know how normal and natural that is and that it can flow through really fast. Yeah, no, um, I am feeling that. And when Jen had started talking, it literally reminded me of Wednesday night when we were on our Soul Collective call, when I literally, we were doing check-ins and I said, I'm not feeling very present. I'm not feeling like I'm being a good mom, quote unquote. Um, you know, I'm a little snappier. Um, you know, I, I'm mentally checking out, but I was proud of the fact that I was able to say, I recognize that I'm doing this. And again, it's going back to what we've been saying about the repair. Like I'm able to recognize it instead of now letting this be a two week pattern of me just being in a bad mood. I'm able to be like, whoa, I need to draw back a little bit. I think I need a bath. I need a mini. I'm thinking of our call or our uh, theme song, Jen, that you made up. If you're sad, need a mini. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'm able to recognize it and start the repair now. And I can step away, um, help myself, be there for myself, um, whether that's with a mini or, you know, me time. But then I can go back to the kids and I'm not feeling like maxed out. I don't feel like I'm at the the peak tipping over point. Yeah, I think that's the beautiful power of awareness. Like that's how we use awareness as a superpower instead of like, God, I'm being snappy and not doing anything about it. It's like, oh, I'm being snappy. I need some self-care. Let me pour back into me, right? It's more like a cue to show you like, oh, I need a co-regulation mini or I need to do some self-regulation, take a bath, reset. And then I can go repair. So that's why in mom school, I give them a stress checklist. I give them the self-regulation tools, how to do co-regulation with adults. And I also, in the parenting course, teach the parents, I call them the hidden habits of disconnection, because there's subtle things that we can do that we don't realize are actually causing that rupture with our kids. So once you understand that, 
it also helps you build the awareness of like, oh, there was a rupture. Let me go back and repair that with my kids. So I love that you already have that embodiment and that awareness. So it's like you're using it as a tool instead of staying stuck in that space. Yes. Yeah. Just to bounce off that, Teresa, I think that's such a good call out and something we haven't really touched on. But another thing that has changed so drastically for me and Shana, this was something that you brought up. The difference is, you know, when you're having certain feelings, being able, like Teresa was saying, to say, oh, I'm not being present with my kids right now. And instead of just living in that non-presence and being annoyed and angry about it or frustrated about it, saying, okay, I can see this is happening. How can I help myself and give myself what I need so that I can pop out of it? And it's just such a more peaceful place to live in your brain when you can objectively observe yourself in that way. Yeah, it's been just really nice to get there. (laughs) But by doing that too, you're not being selfish because I struggled with that too. And I'm like, oh, wow, Mm -hmm. I need to take a bath or like I need a massage. But like you're teaching your child how to Mm -hmm. do these things as well. Like, oh, I'm feeling stressed out. I think I need to step away. Because my son has told me, can I take a relaxed bath? That's something that we do where we do like an Epsom salt bath with like low lighting. And, you know, he gets to like pick the mood for the bath. Um, So it's really nice that he asks for that now instead of just being like, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. You know, he's like, I need a relaxed bath. And I'm like, okay, I got you, buddy. Like, let's do it. Do you want some tea? (laughs) He drinks tea now. (laughs) <laughs> I'm literally so, so obsessed because I haven't even heard of the relaxed bath and I am dying that is so cool because it's like yeah kids learn what we live and so when yes. you're embodied and you go hey I'm stressed I need to take a bath then your kid goes oh like it's normal to have stress and I can do something about it it's like you're teaching your kid awareness subtle mind awareness of like oh, I notice I'm feeling this way and let me go do something to support this. You know, I don't have to stay stuck here. Yes, exactly. And it's something you can do at home. Yeah, so easy. Yeah, it's so easy. It's so funny that you bring up that example too, Teresa, because I was just um, messaging with a postpartum uh, care doula to try to get some help uh, postpartum. And one of her questions was, what is the most ideal postpartum experience look like for you? And I said, I want time to take baths. That was like my number one thing, because when I had my daughter, I was just so 24 seven in mom mode and, you know, you're breastfeeding all the time. And just, I, I didn't take any of those moments to myself to let my nervous system calm down. And that was exactly the call out that I had to her was like, I need to be able to take a bath to let my nervous system calm down in between these moments of motherhood. (laughs) Yes. It's literally a reset. We need the the reset too. Mm -hmm. 100%. And that's like what we were talking about earlier. It's like, as a mom, you need to fill your cup up first because then all this stuff we're talking about, attunement, rupture and repair, co-regulating your child can be so much easier from a more regulated space. And mm-hmm. like how Jen was pointing to, it doesn't mean we're going to be calm and blissed out all the time. We actually can use these subtle things that are happening. Like, oh, I notice I'm stressed. I notice I'm um, being a little bit more snappy than I normally am. We can use that now to our advantage to meet our needs and then go back to our kids. So 
Oh, I have loved this conversation, you guys. So before we sign off, is there anything else you guys wanted to chat about or any last minute words or anything you also wanted to point to? I just want to say, I want to do the mama program. <laughs> so just saying. Yes, yes. You're more than welcome to. It's always open for enrollment, which is great. Everything we have been doing inside of the Soul Collective is what inspired me to create mom school. So from the bottom of my heart, Jen, Teresa, you guys have been such an incredible team to like give you this information, be like, okay. Like I'd have these theories, right? And then I'd give it to you. Mm -hmm. And then hearing your guys' personal stories with your kids is what created mom school. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for letting me share all my theories and my maps and all the things I've learned that have supported my nervous system. And it's been so beautiful to witness you guys as moms, as individuals, see these radical shifts in in your life too. So thanks for being my inspiration for mom school. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited for this next chapter for you. It's going to be really cool. And one other thing that I wanted to point out too, is that um, one, obviously all this work is so amazing and giving me so many tools, but then also the community that you've created around it has been, I don't even know what the right words are, but like with all of this stuff that we've learned, having that community has just amplified it so much. And so thank you for, you know, creating this community for us. Yeah, of course. So for everyone (laughs) that's listening, the community she's pointing to is the Soul Collective. And we've been in that membership, you guys, we've been doing that for three years, which is pretty wild. It's been such a special container and so that's why inside a mom school I don't know if you guys know this but there's a mom school membership so that'll be a whole new community of women and I you guys will probably be special guests I haven't (laughs) I hope so I love like you know just after going through all the things I've gone through I love supporting other women in their journeys as well and and like I said the community around so everything that we've done with Shana it was like with tap and with soul collective, just having other people in it has just been so fun. And just so it just gives you that real sense of community that sometimes, especially as moms that we lack. And so just having that community on top has been the the, the cherry on top. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Cause it, it, that's, what's so cool about mom school. It's just like with tap. It's like, you get the course. So you get the, the tangible steps, but to integrate it, it's so nice to have a community that's going through the same journey as you starting to speak the same language as you mm-hmm. and also get to practice co-regulation minis with. So that's why the mom school membership is going to mirror exactly what we've done in the soul collective. So women, can go through this program and have that community aspect and practice. So Jen and Teresa will definitely be hopping on <laughs> to show you yes. guys how it's done and support you guys yes. in deep ways. So I'm, I'm really excited for that, that next evolution with you guys. Very excited. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys for hopping on the call. This has been amazing. I deeply appreciate both of you and I can't wait for the next chapter we have together. Amazing. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks, Shana. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, please share it with them. And if you're loving these conversations, make sure to subscribe and leave me a review on what you love about the show so I can keep the good vibes coming your way. 
Now, in case no one told you today, I want you to know that you're doing a fucking incredible job and the world is so much better with you in it. So thank you for being here and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode.